Get in a geek. We are talking movies, TV, games, everything that gets our uh, geek juices flowing. Boys, my name is Mitch. Introducing the team if you are new to the show, Matty Gibson. I don't want to hear any more about your geek juices, okay? Hey, hey. Don't knock it till you try. I have enough issues with my own geek juices. Thank hey, you very much. hey, what? Okay, now we're crossing a line. Brendan Gibson. <laughs> I do. <laughs> and Reese Gibson. Austin Powers Fembots get my geek juices going. We all remember Murderous those nipples. Times. Austin Powers <laughs> 2. That's when this came out. What are we talking? Matrix. Boom. Yeah. 99. Now we are here like as it. part of a uh, partnership with Event Cinemas Australia. They're in the house program season 7.5. Excellent program. We look at the films on here, boys. And so if you are new to Get Into Geek, we uh, usually review movies that are current. We uh, we review them and uh, we discuss TV as well. But this is a special program where we're actually doing a bit of throwback reviews, obviously. They are cult film classics. That's what Event Cinemas in the House is all about. We're not reviewing the film. We're more so talking about it in hindsight. Maybe talk about how it's lived up, whether it is still relevant, why people still love it. Obviously, they do. That's why it's part of these programs. But as you said, Brennan, it all kicked off tonight. We have just seen the screening the Matrix from Absolutely. 1999. And God, I was excited to sit down and watch this. I never saw it on the big screen. So really? No, not the first one. Wow. I saw the two and three, but not the first one. I saw it on VHS with my dad, and we were like, that f***ing phone booth scene yeah. where Trinity puts her hand on and the truck smashes into it. Oh, we were like, what the f***? <laughs> so confusing. This, this is a new thing. Yeah. yeah when you're and going it in, amazing. it's so confusing. Loved it. It really was that. Like, it just broke so much new ground and when you think about now we're 18 years on and you can have movies that are only 10 years old half this movie's age and they've been lost to pop culture it's it they're aged references the matrix like it's visual effects some of them are still very very good they still live up right because the wachowskis weren't that experienced in filmmaking they were trying to do all the shit practical effects yeah they actually wanted to put the camera on a rocket and sling it past Neo in bullet time. And the guy's like, well, no, we can't do that. So they were actually going to do that, like put it, maybe put it on like a circle dolly and just and shoot a rocket wow. while he was doing that. But then like, oh, let's do something different. So then they, as we know, where they got all the cameras around him, around a green screen, and basically created a new shot, yeah. which has been duplicated multiple times by so many different people and and it's it was just one of those moments in film where you're like, this is different. And I can't really recall anything being as groundbreaking since then for me. Yeah. I really can't think of anything. We're the same age. I was 13 when this came out, and I did see it at the cinemas. And, you know, as a 13-year-old, you're watching the trailer for that film. It just looks like a really cool action movie. And then you go and watch it. And even at 13, I don't think I was expecting what it was going to be, of course. But when you walked out, you're just like, well, I've just seen, you've just seen a game changer. Absolutely. And even to this day, like it's one of those films where you can look back on and go, that changed the way movies were made. And there's only a couple each decade that really changed things. And you've still got to respect what it did at the time Uh, and what it still continues to do. It was deep. The the philosophy behind it and what the actors themselves had to go through, I think... um, the Wachowskis gave Keanu Reeves two novels to read on philosophy mm. before he was even allowed to read the script. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so they were, they're pretty hardcore. Yeah. Well, the, um, the, the only people that don't like it that I know of are people who didn't finish watching or didn't see it at all or didn't understand it. Yeah. And if you understood it and you saw the whole thing, then you loved it mostly. 
Unless you have a different opinion, Maddie. <laughs> no, I love the first one, but they do get progressively worse. Like number two, yeah, it's okay. Like you can watch it and enjoy it, and there's a few sort of dull parts in there, but for the most part, it's really enjoyable. The third one's a big steaming pile of garbage. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> everything that has a beginning, it must suck. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and in, endings are hard, and I think yeah. everyone sort of you know did pan the the final installation, especially that you know. 20 minute scene in the in the TV room with Colonel Sanders. Mm. Um, so it does That was the second one, wasn't it? No, that was that was the end of the third one. No, that was the end of the second. Yeah. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That set up the craziness that was the, the third yeah, film. Cause yeah, because we're like, oh, oh my god, go. it's opened our minds to so many things. Yeah, the so once, the stars and once it gets to the Colonel Sanders, I'm out. Like, once <laughs> it gets to there, but it's like yeah. the early part of number two, that's with like the twins with the dreads and all that sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah. yeah, see, I enjoy all that sort of stuff and the action with Morpheus on top of the truck and you know, all that, that highway chase yeah. and everything. That's great. You know what makes the Colonel Sanders scene better? Is mm. the was it the MTV Movie Awards parody with Will <laughs> yeah, Ferrell? And he just gobbledy goobity gobbledy spitting out shit was it Justin Timberlake that was oh could it yeah it was actually I thought it was Sean William Scott yeah you're right it was okay yeah it was one of them but um but the first one is is brilliant like it's it it does it's enough of a an entire story that you're satisfied by the end of it but it still then does leave you with what happens next yeah you know and like you said too with the the mythology and and the religious it's not even subtle. Like, it's really in your face. You know, yeah. what, what Neo's done. He's Neo Christ Neo. Yes. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you know, as we're part of Get Into Geek, we have a side uh, program called Get Into Gate. And that's also a throwback uh, show where we talk about the TV show Stargate SG1. And one of the things that we do love about the show, despite, I think, as a collective four of us in the room, not being the most religious people that you're ever going to listen to on a podcast, we do like what, what that show does with religion and ancient mythologies and how they've adapted that in a in a, in a science sort of way yeah. and same with this film is that like i guess what you know the, the most recent superman movie did to to some levels they did with neo and this is that he is yeah christ reborn essentially for that yeah. particular world and the mythology behind it but interweaving that into just a pure science-based thing man versus machine like in some levels this movie is a very very simple story but with that added mythology, like you said, Brendan, they're such hardcore nerds. They just yep. expanded the shit out of it. Yeah. And you can just watch it, like you said, Maddie. You know, as as this mindless action movie in in some levels, but as well, you can watch it as something so much deeper. And I think you can get just as much enjoyment out of it, well, depending yeah. on what you're going in to watch. I think everyone can relate to when we meet Neo, and he's just in that unsatisfying, going nowhere kind yeah. of monotonous life. Mm. What's the meaning? Yeah, I think at one point or another, we've all at one point in our lives thought, is this all there is? Isn't there yep. anything more? There has to be something more to life than this. Yep. I, th- I thought that and then I got married and have children to think that would complete me. Yeah, it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love them. A shout out to your lovely uh, wife and children. And they're probably, they're definitely not listening to this. <laughs> so I can say that with certainty. Um, so yeah, so there's, there's a definite, I think everyone can relate to it in one way, shape or form. Even if you don't like, if the, the science fiction side of it is too much for you, I think that initial sort of, you know, layout and everything is people can relate to that, you know? And then it's, it's kind of that... Well, I think they say it in this, don't they? It's the the Alice down the looking through the looking glass down the yeah. rabbit. Uh, follow the rabbit. Follow the white rabbit. Yeah, down the white rabbit. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's that's if if you can if you can get a, a little nugget like that that everyone can relate to. I think that's why this film has such longevity. Mm. Yeah. And why it has such passionate fans and why people can can really connect to it. And great, just, just such great philosophical questions like when he is with Morpheus and the whole red pill blue pill situation. That look, you can go back to your happy life. 
or you can take the other pill and you can see what the real world is. Can't guarantee you're going to like it though. Mm-hmm. And even though he knew that he could go back to his regular blissful life and be completely ignorant and forget everything that he ever learned about what this real world might have been, in that very moment, knowing what he might have missed out on. But what a shithole they went to. Yeah. And I think Cypher had it down because he's like, this shit. Yeah. I'm going back. I want to be an actor. I want to be rich. I'm like, man. Eat a steak. Like, absolutely. <laughs> Joe Pantoliano, he knows how yeah. to eat. How can you beat the one if he's dead? <laughs> I love that. That's my favourite line. And how do you make a movie that's so much fun to watch and really most of the characters outside probably of Joe Pantoliano are just so monotone the entire film. Like in some levels, this movie is so lifeless. Yeah. And I I guess in other levels, that's what it's supposed to be as well. Because once you get to that world, like if you go into this film, you don't know, even if you do know what to expect, that scene where he wakes up in the pod covered in all the goo, he's got, you know, things poking out of his head. He's got mechanical pieces to his own human body. And he wakes up and he just sees fields and fields of human eggs and machines mining them. It's one of the freakiest shots I think I've ever seen in movies. I always thought it was inside too, but I'm pretty sure it's outside. It's outside, yeah. Mm. But it's like that it, we've all had thoughts or like obviously sci-fi fans thoughts of what if life isn't life like yes we've had you know out amongst the stars yes there's something out there but to actually think about okay but what if our life yeah, isn't like our internally. life mm. yeah and you think about like the Truman Show and stuff like that like yeah after this movie came out I'm I'm like looking around like is this real every like, time you yeah. have deja just questioned everything every time you have deja vu yeah. just freak yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just like, shit! I remember Mitch and I always used to have deja vu at school, and then we saw this, and we we're like, "All right." It's because you two have the same five jokes you just do over and over again. <laughs> oh, <laughs> zing! Don't hate us because you ain't us. <laughs> oh, that's number six, is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, you can get the f- number out. six. Is don't hate us because you ain't us. That, that's that one. That's that one. I do want to. Uh, I do want to see a scene like you were talking before, Mitch, about how sort of like monotone everyone is. I'd love to see just like a, a scene of like a poker game between Agent Smith and Morpheus. <laughs> yeah. Just see who blinks first, <laughs> like, or or a buddy cop movie with those two, just both, just these yeah. deadpan. Mr. Anderson. Yeah. <laughs> what a great character! Like, oh my god, Hugo Weaving. I tell you what, Hugo Weaving for someone who sort of shies away from the spotlight and. You know, goes out and makes Australian films in the middle of the desert, sleeping in a tent, getting paid next to nothing because he believes in the film and the story. He has been a part of some of the biggest franchise. If he gets part of Star Wars, I think that's it because he's been a part of the Matrix trilogy. He is part of the Lord of the Rings and Hobbit franchise. He's Red Skull and MCU, which he's only been in one film, but I think he's impacted that because they have such few great villains and maybe we will see that character back and hopefully he's playing him. He's had a great run, but this really is his most iconic one. And because yeah. it's, again, such a simple character, a simple villain, a guy, he doesn't yell. He doesn't even need to run, really. He's just, he, he's so intimidating and so scary. When he does run, you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the great part of hindsight with this film is that you go and watch the second one. And spoiler alert, if this is your first foray into the Matrix night and you're hoping to go watch the, the second and third one. But he is replicated, and I mean, yeah. first of all, he's back. <laughs> but I didn't say spoiler alert, yeah. so it sucks. Um, <laughs> Your fault a, if you didn't turn it down. <laughs> for a now 14-year-old film, a sequel, um, is that he is replicated by uh, up to 100. I think there's 100 Agent Smiths in that scene, and that was the number that was floating around. Yeah. 
He's not a threat. When there's a no. hundred of him, he's not a threat. When there is one of him and three good guys, you're like, well, they're fucked up. They're yeah, gonna, yeah. they're gonna die. Be remiss of me not to mention our mate Matthew Hennessy, who loves mm. these films. I think uh, what I really love about this movie, when I think because uh, I hadn't seen it for so, oh, for years before tonight's screening, is that. By the end of it, it is just this like 25, 30 minute action film at the end. Like that's that that foyer scene. Oh the, my god. In the building. So good. Just gun after gun after mm. gun. And you speak about our mate Matt Hennessy in, in our um okay, as we mentioned before, Matt, even Brendan and I went to school together and where we come up with all our old uh, jokes. <laughs> um <laughs> Our grade Ooh, eleven, our, no, <laughs> our grade eleven semi former wasn't a semi former. It was a uh, masquerade. What do they call yeah. it? And dress up, dress so up. our mate Matt cosplay. His, they call cos- it, it, was a, it was cosplay. It was yeah. essentially cosplay. Yeah. And our mate Matt went as Neo, and and he's like, oh, you know, he wanted some help putting his costume together. And I made sure he was so screen accurate. Oh, yeah. He could hardly walk. Like he's getting around with that so many so guns unlike you, in like, between oh, his thighs. I think that'll and... do, Mitch. No, 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 no. Like he has one on the inside. Yeah. So we're getting yeah. one there. Get it there. And then and reach for it slowly. No, no the laces were slightly different on his boots. No, you need to, you need to yeah. de-lace them and re-lace them. You need to get those designer sunglasses, mate. Not yeah. these cheap shit. Yeah. <laughs> I could have been on Project Runway in grade 10. The sort of shit that I had going can on. Can we push the party back so you can grow your hair? Hair out a little bit longer. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, he died it, and don't think that wasn't upon my recommendation, okay? <laughs> I thought you were going to say he died. I'm like, Ooh, what a waste yeah. of time getting him ready. Well, he's Neo, so he came back, obviously. Yeah. But there were so many guns in that scene that they would shoot, like, one guy with two bullets from one gun and then immediately discard Just it because there were more it. guns there. Yeah. There's so much action. Ooh, I but... haven't used this one yet. <laughs> you know, that, that that scene, there was no CGI in that scene. It took 10 days to shoot. Wow. That's crazy. How cool that, is that? You've got to respect that. Yeah, yeah all wires. That's what I mean. That's why being so new and doing this is spectacular. And there are movies these days that try to be high concept like The Matrix was... But it's all. It has to be. They feel like it has to be all that action from the start, and then weave in the concept stuff, story stuff in the middle. Yeah, the to Matrix. Fool the people. Yeah, the, the Matrix like starts off with that great action scene, you, and you're immediately asking like, wh- how, what? You know, someone died in a phone booth, but they're not yeah. there. What happened to them? And then a couple of little bits along the way, and then by the end, you understand the world that they're in, the mythology behind it, and even what Neo is possibly capable of. So by the end of the film, when he is doing things that have not been seen before in the film, that other characters in the film besides Morpheus don't believe are possible even in that world, he's doing them. You completely buy it as the audience because the movie has taken such time. And it really it's like just over 100 minutes. It's not even like it's yeah, a long film. It's good. It takes so much careful time to establish the rules of its own world and establish the mythology that by the time it does just switch off its mind yeah. a little bit and become okay. this Go. crazy <laughs> sci-fi action film, you can sit back and watch it like that, but then still appreciate the hell out of what it took oh, to, to get to that point in the first place. And then you can the... go back and rewatch it and go, and knowing the world, then you can go back and appreciate that early stuff oh, that God, you were yeah. so confused about. Yeah, yep. yeah. Which is you can, yeah, really you can re- oh, There's still things, I think, in, in number two that I still don't fully understand. No. That, and that's the beauty of this, is just you can keep watching them. Mm. Yeah. Just that one handed cartwheel with the friggin'. Super Uzi and just going, oh shit! <laughs> then he kicks that guy in the face, like runs up, kicks him in the face, and then lands in that particular way with his feet facing the camera, but yeah. he has to turn and land. Yeah. Oh god, I love that. I think they did that like ten times that shot. Yeah. Because then they're like up, up, and then down. I'm like, oh, you guys are so good. <laughs> they just had it in their mind. The whole movie, they had it in their mind. And I've read the script. I actually, oh, I was an epic geek. I, I printed Was. the entire. 
<laughs> I'm talking about when I was completely obsessed with his movie. Printed out the whole script and read it, and I, I shit you not, they wrote every single bit of action in it. Like, really? And I, I was reading That's it while good. I was watching it, and it, the only thing that changed was the city. Is like this is the city or whatever it is. Yeah. It, in the script, it was Chicago. Mm. And that's, they just got rid of that. That's the thing because the, the they didn't want to make it and the um and that's why they were so specific in the script and be, because they needed to convince them to say, hey, give us the money and yeah, we'll do it. Yeah, because they didn't, yeah, they found it hard for to convince producers to back them because mm. they didn't yeah. understand the concept. That's what blows my mind to think that back in 99, they were given $100 million to make <laughs> oh, this no. movie. <sighs> Well, they, they, were, they given, were unknown, weren't they? Yeah, like, yeah they were. They, they, like I was saying in, in the screening, they were actually given a budget to do another movie and they, I can't remember the name of it. I could have done some research. But they did that film. <laughs> I tried to Google it, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Bound. And then, yeah, and then they were given $100 million. All right, you did one film. All right, you went horrible, which had no action in it. Yeah. <laughs> Growing up, I watched Speed probably a lot younger than what I should have. Um, so sorry? I knew Keanu Reeves from that. But right. really, I hadn't never seen Point Breaks. He'd obviously had a lot of hits no. before. Bill and Ted. Come on, Bill and Ted as well. Oh, before Par- the Matrix. Parenthood. But Parenthood, sure. But this is what I think really, like, he it put him on our match, surely. Like, yeah. we, he, that's Keanu, that's Keanu Reeves. Like, even now, like, 18 years on, he's John Wick. It's like, it's like oh, he's getting back to the glory days yes. of the Matrix. Like, just action, and he's, he, you know, he's mm. a huge star because of it. He ended up making so much money off those sequels, like, ridiculous oh, yeah. sort of money. And he gave 70% of his pay packet to... Um, the behind-the-scenes crew because he th- personally thought they didn't get paid enough. All Mate, these CGI he, guys, camera guys, makeup. He's a freak, man. He lives, apparently, like, he just lives in, like, a nothing sort of apartment in, you know, like, outer New York, mm. you know, and he catch, he still rides public transport mm. and stuff, like, gives a lot of his money away, like, drives a cheap car if he has to drive. Like, he just... He, he doesn't um, live this, this this superstar life that yeah. you think when he's been in some of the biggest movies of all time. He financed his own documentary about a passion project. Only, yeah. I think I want to say like 2012, 2013, I want to say. Mm. And the thing, Sliding Doors, the, the role was offered to Will Smith. I know. And he turned it down. Nah, Gwyneth Paltrow yeah. did that way better. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I was okay, say. sure. No. But what did he go on and make instead? Wild West. Wild West. Yeah. Which, hey, Great look, hit. at the time when I was 12, I thought it was kind of fun. Yeah. Oh, it was then, awesome. Yeah. Maybe it has a ride after it. Yeah, oh, the ride yeah. actually Big, is pretty it's good. Good call. But when nothing Kenneth, to do with the movie. But <laughs> no. When <laughs> Kenneth ran it, like when it starts off and it's kind of this little like fun, quirky Western, you're like, oh yeah. By the end of it, when the bad guy comes out riding a what 10 story high mechanical spider trying to kill the president it's like mm. huh did this ever not jump the shark or did i <laughs> yeah. just close yeah. what, what happened to this and, and suddenly the hero is kevin klein you're like what am i watching <laughs> <laughs> kevin klein action hero yeah, yeah and, and in hindsight will, will smith's like yeah well the, you know career wise maybe not you know the greatest choice i yeah. could have made it's but he said he said he wasn't a mature enough actor to play the role at the time but when if, if no, anyone... I'd, I'd seriously doubt Will Smith going. How about I give you the finger, and you give me my phone call? Oh yeah, no, it like he wouldn't I, deliver. I that. can't say. I, mean, I love Will Smith, and I love Will Smith, yeah, especially absolutely. in that late nineties. Where like he had such a an amazing series and sequence of films, like big big hits. Mm. I cannot picture him in the Matrix, and I'm sure they would have got like a very serious performance out of him rather than him being like him out of Bad Boys or something. We wouldn't have had yeah, Mike yeah. Lowry talking to Morpheus. Yo, Morpheus, like... what up, mother? <laughs> like, yeah, you're right. But yeah, I, I I just find that really strange. You look back on this film, huge film, it just seems like that's that's the cast. And then it's like imagine putting Will Will Smith in in that role. 
what kind of movie are we talking about now? Twenty years? Are we still talking about that, or is it like Wild Wild West? Is yeah, it a bit of a punchline? True. Maybe it was just his time to have a flop. Because people put a lot of shit on Keanu. He's one of the great wooden actors in Hollywood and all this, Mate. but like. He suits I this sort of him. role. John Wick, like now, to think this is his franchise now, he suits the kind of character that they've crafted, mm. you know, just this, you know, balls to the wall action film, but he suits this sort of wooden character. He, yeah. he sort of shines in these roles and well, he's capable of good performances. You, if but you've he, seen The Gift, he is this crazy redneck and you can't tell me that was wooden. No. That was a hell of a performance. And then The Watcher. Yeah. That was another one where he was just psycho as well. It was. I actually good. read recently that he didn't even want to do that film and to this day swears that someone forged his signature on the contract. To do what? <laughs> the Watcher. Really? Yeah, playing the serial killer of that film. Yeah. What? Yeah. And he did it. Oh, fuck it. <laughs> well, I'm on rent this week. <laughs> how many million in backing up it, it turned my house in a truck? Okay, I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> well, in the cinema, there were a couple of people, like you said before, who'd never seen it. Mm. So I'm hoping that they come out of that with some some hope. Not too much hope because it doesn't get better. But to rewatch this, <laughs> scratching their head. Yeah. Feel free to treat it as it's as an individual film, Absolutely. not a franchise, and just and uh, just be happy that you watch something groundbreaking, albeit eighteen years later. But congratulations! But what a way to do it! Like if you're going to watch this movie for the first time. You are lucky to have done it on the big screen. Absolutely. And that's what I love about this the rest of this program too. Like at the end you've got Die Hard, back when Die Hard was a awesome franchise and not yeah. before it sort of crapped in the toilet as well. <laughs> like to think at the time, for me, Die Hard Two is the weakest of that trilogy. And it's still pretty goddamn yeah. good. Like, when mm. you think now and go, at the time, that was the worst Die Hard out. You look at now with four and five, you're like, well, we underappreciated it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's say that. But that's a big screen movie. Uh, you've got... Uh, I never realized how how similar Die Hard was to the Transformers franchise. <laughs> well, that's... Wow. that's no, you know what? That's true, too. Cool. And what do we got next week? Uh, yeah, next round is Beverly Hills Cop, 1984. <laughs> yeah, I've got a good one. <laughs> I can't do it. I like that boulder. That is a nice boulder. I believe that's Axel Foley. But hmm? no, what? no, it's Donkey from Shrek. You oh, muppet! Oh, oh. Please do not call me Surge. Sounds like a detergent. <laughs> oh, and <laughs> Balky! How good is Balky? Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's not until the second one, though, is he? Uh, no, I want to say he's in the first one. I hope so, because I love that dude. <laughs> And then after that, Kill Bill 1 and 2, a special double feature. So back-to-back those movies, uh, they're, they're considered one film by Quentin Tarantino. So Event Cinemas are putting it on as such. La Femme de Quita, some Luc Besson French action. The Lost Boys. Eh, je ne pense pas. Wayne's World, which I haven't seen. Oh, I've owned it for what? 10 Ever? years. Ever. That's what I said. You've never seen it. I know. He That's what that I love about screening. this, pro- this I program. I love it because I actually get to finally watch movies I've always wanted to watch. You're not it's so hard I get a lot of references from it I've just never actually seen this, the film start to finish wow. show wing <laughs> no you gotta you gotta watch it a special Halloween double poltergeist into army of darkness so just after you finish scaring yourself shitless you can laugh your ass off with a guy with a chainsaw for an arm it's all fun <laughs> Pan's Labyrinth and then the Warriors before Die Harder December 8 it's running up until get your tickets now $13 or if you are a Cinebuzz member 11 bucks. eventcinemas.com.au find a cinema near you that is playing in the house season 7.5 we will be back on Get In A Geek to talk Beverly Hills Cop in two weeks time everything in between a lot of movies and TV show we are talking Game of Thrones if you are a 
a Got Fan tune back into our Get Into Geek channels on SoundCloud and iTunes to catch our chats about that. Elsewhere, you can uh, drop us a line, getintogeek at gmail.com or follow us on the socials, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook to simply search at Get Into Geek. Myself, personally, Mitch underscore Lewis, Twitter and Instagram. Maddie, where can we find you? Uh, at High Pitch Maddie on Instagram. Brendan. At the one. I mean, at the hey. Brendan Gibson. <laughs> and Reese. I am at the Flying Gibson. Best thing you've said all night. <laughs> it's pretty much the only thing I've said, mate. Good gear. For good reason. <laughs> Get into geek.com. He, he doesn't um, live this, this this superstar life that yeah. you would think when he's been in some of the biggest movies of all time. He financed his own documentary about a passion project. Only, yeah. I think I want to say like 2012, 2013, I want to say. Mm. And then you it, think... What was that about? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah, good gear, good gear. <laughs>